All right, this is Greg Steer, and I'm here with Todd Peters. How you doing, Todd? Doing good. And uh, really excited to kind of have you on the Gospelized podcast to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the gospel advancing values and evangelism and youth ministry and church. But first, let's talk about your background, because it's awesome. You were, uh, you were a Navy SEAL, right? I was. I was tell for me, 26 tell, years. 26 years as a Navy SEAL. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I, I went to school to be a youth pastor and then uh, uh, got a, a wild detour that I thought would last for four years as a SEAL and end up staying for 26 years just because uh, it was a wonderful way to serve my country and it was a wonderful group of guys to be around and just uh, really be there to uh, share the gospel with them too. Yeah, so you were a strong believer throughout the time you went through, is it boot camp? Did they call that boot camp? Or boot camp and A school, and then you go to SEAL training. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'd be the first one to say strong, but I certainly did my best to uh, follow Christ during those time frames. Was that difficult uh, in, with the SEALs? Because it doesn't seem to me the Bible study kind of... Right. You know, let's sing a hymn and go kill some terrorists. <laughs> it's uh, It seems like a kind of hard party and kind of hard work and hard party and kind of group, generally speaking. It was, and there were, there were certainly challenges, but one of the cool things that I discovered is uh, once they realized you believed what you believed, they were the first ones to defend you hmm. uh, in the public arena. So if I was out designating driving for the guys and outsiders would come up and, and start to try to do peer pressure to me, they would just come and circle around me and tell them to bug off. They had your back off. They had had my back. back. And so uh, in that way, it was was awesome. But yeah, there's definitely challenges, uh, but not unlike, I think, what a lot of men and women go through in their workplace today, too. So you have, I'm sure you have some, I mean, you were, where were you stationed when you? Well, I mean, went through, you know, basic training out in San Diego and Corman School. Then I got to hang out with the Marines for a few months before SEAL training started. And then I immediately went to the East Coast. Yep. So you got even number teams on the East Coast and odd number teams on the West Coast. And uh, so I started off my career at SEAL Team 2. Okay. Yeah. And then did you, I mean, you know, just saw a lot of action as a, as a SEAL? I, I mean, the, the first combat was uh, Operation Just Cause, 1989, hmm. with uh, Noriega, which the younger folks listening, they'll have to look that up in a history book. But uh, no, that was a big deal back then. The younger folks will Google it. <clears throat> That's right. They will right. Google it. They won't look it up in a book. No. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, and then from there, Desert Shield Storm, and then uh, the career progressed to, I think, just about every SEAL with a pulse was in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, you've you've stared the enemy in the face and and uh, been a part of living that life of defending our country and, and advancing freedom across the world. So thank you for that. Thank you. No, it was a privilege. Yeah. And now you're kind of you're kind of in a, on a different front. I mean, you are... Uh, you're a Navy SEAL in the in the kingdom of God, um, you know, specifically advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Washington, D.C. area, right? Specifically, right. what town is it in? So I'm a campus pastor with McLean Bible Church in Manassas, Virginia, which okay. is part of the Nova Circle up there, Northern Virginia. Okay. And so when I met you, um, I met you, you just become the youth pastor at McLean, and Dale Sutherland was the youth pastor before then. And I'll never forget, because Dale is kind of, well, he was an undercover police officer for the Washington, D.C. Police Department. That's right. Uh, I know, because I went on a uh, ride-along with them 
uh, undercover through some of the worst parts of D.C. And I, I used to call him Batman because at night he was a cop and during the day he was a youth pastor. And I'm like, you, you are Batman, you know. Absolutely. Um, it was fun to watch him, too. Like he could shift from a conversation counseling a kid to a uh, broker in a drug deal in Spanish. You know? Yeah. And then go right. right back to the kid. He had skills. Yeah, he did Still have skills. Still does. And, and it's funny because I was like, man, who's going to be able to replace Dale Sutherland, undercover cop? Who can replace Batman? I was like, a Navy SEAL can. And so basically at McLean, they only hire youth pastors that can kill you with one hand. That's kind of the rule of thumb, which is uh, awesome. Yeah, no but, comment. <laughs> but you, come, you, you came in as a youth pastor, and I know you got introduced to, you know, the seven values of a gospel advancing ministry um, and kind of evangelism training with life in six words. I forget, I don't know if you remember, um, how did that happen? Do you remember originally? Was it a training? I think it was a training, the one uh, you all did down in Woodbridge. It was okay. my first exposure with it. And then I started getting my hands on the materials you guys produce and uh, reading them and applying them where applicable, which most of it was very applicable. Yeah, and, and it, was really, it was really encouraging because I'm, I'm not a military guy, but I, I feel, I always say if I didn't go into the ministry, I'd have gone into the military. And uh, you probably sensed that even as you walked around Dare to Share a little bit in the way that we communicate and maps and, oh, yeah. and our strategic plans. And um, my, I guess my father was uh, a war hero. He was a sergeant major, the last prisoner of war released from the Korean War. Um, so it's kind of in my blood, you know, that, that mentality and that thinking. But I look at myself in a different army. Our original name for Dare to Share was Warriors for Christ. Right. And uh, you said something to me that really encouraged me. You said, man, these seven values of intercessory prayer, relational evangelism, leaders fully embracing and modeling, these are, these are uh, you use the word operationalize, yeah. you know, actionable, like we can put these into practice right away. And you started doing that. We did, yeah. And it, I think a lot of people, they struggle with, you know, how does a guy go from the military to ministry? But to me, I, I can't think of a more clear path uh, for someone in the military because it's all about the mission. Yeah. And, you know, from Acts 1-8, we got a mission. And then seeing these core values that you have and, and how to uh, really gospelize a youth group or a church, mm. it's very clear. And so I think uh, every church would be wise to look at those values and implement them because uh, you can't go wrong by getting a church that prays and wants to share their faith. I know. I mean, and, and again, we didn't, we didn't um, develop the values. We discovered them. We did a research project. We found them in every youth ministry that was killing it a 25% new conversion growth per more or, or more per year. And then we cross-checked it with the book of Acts. And it was like, wow. And so when you see those seven values, they're almost inarguable because they're so rooted in Scripture. And uh, I remember walking in to the youth room at the main campus in McLean, and we do our evangelism training uh, app is called Life in Six Words, kind of, it's kind of our strategy for evangelism. And... I saw giant, beautiful posters. Uh, God created us to be with Him. Then next to it, our sin separates from God. So when a student is sitting in the youth room, they look to the left of the stage. They see the GOS to the gospel and all the sentences and verses that go with it. And then to the right is PEL. So it's almost like you gospelize that youth room. Absolutely. Um, it was very intentional, wasn't it? Very intentional and uh, just trying to keep it simple for the youth so they yeah. can have that relational evangelism. Yeah. And they got that tool in their back pocket along with the Ask, Admire, Admit 
Yep. Take off the touchdown, all the other good stuff. Yeah. He's using all the insider terms. If you're not familiar with these, stay tuned because you're going to hear this. As we do podcasts, we'll be unpacking a lot of this stuff. So these seven values you you implemented as a youth leader uh, at McLean, and then the Lord opened up a door um, that you, I think, initially reluctantly walked through um, as a campus pastor. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, our same uh, undercover narcotic officer who... Uh, led me to start working at McLean Bible Church on uh, Easter Sunday uh, a little over three years ago. <clears throat> he he uh, came up to me while I was opening the door and he said, Hey, uh, Todd, I'd like you to go out to the Prince William campus. And I was like, Cool, when? He said, Tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, All right. And so he walked me out there and I was out there for the interim uh, just trying to help them find a pastor. But after six months, uh, they put me in place to be there. And so this year will be three years already <laughs> uh, that I've been out there. But uh, yeah, I was reluctant because I pictured myself as that guy that would be a youth pastor with a walker. Yeah. I mean, I've, I came from a broken home, and mm. so my heart goes out to teens uh, that are walking through that, parents that are walking through it. And uh, so, but when I arrived at the campus, I realized that every age group uh, they benefit from these same values, and really just someone who uh, will meet them where they're at and love them and, and share the hope they have in Christ. So, so it, you know, and it, and it's interesting because I. I have this saying that uh, you can get into youth ministry and get out, but once youth ministry gets into you, you're always a youth leader, even if your title changes. Um, because, you know, I call them youth leaders with, with uh, senior pastor clothes on or campus pastor clothes on. Absolutely. Because um, you have it in your blood. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you believe. But really, in what ways is shepherding a church, um, pastoring a church, really preparing the way for effective youth ministry, right? I mean, you're building leaders so that students can see what it looks like to, to share Christ naturally in their lives. I mean, it's still youth ministry. Absolutely. Even uh, my current youth pastor, I mean, we're we're syncing up on how we preach, so the same conversations are happening around the dinner table mm. uh, with mom and dad or guardians that are raising them and uh, even grandparents today that are raising kids. And so, uh, yeah, that, I mean, the goal is to raise up these uh young people so that they'll be uh, boldly proclaiming the gospel too. Yeah. And as you know, that's the key also to making good disciples. That's I mean, it. They go hand in hand. Yeah, you can't you can't multiply disciples until you, you know, add a disciple to the kingdom. You can't add if you can't articulate the gospel of Christ. So one of the things that you told me that was, was very encouraging is you said, man, I just basically came into this church and thought, well, I've been using these seven values in youth ministry. Why don't I just apply them church-wide? Um, and that same philosophy you kind of brought in uh, to the adult world. And tell me how that's worked out. Sure. Well, when we the first year we did it, I, I thought a bold vision would be 7,000 gospel conversations for the entire congregation. That, that is a pretty bold vision. And it's, you know, give or take, you know, uh, on a Sunday there's at least 1,000 people there. So hmm. I factored in uh, and thought 7,000 would be good to go. And as we got after, people thought I was crazy, and mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time praying. But uh, when we closed out the year, we had a little over 11,000 gospel conversations with 222 salvations. Wow. Wow. And so we learned how a lot the, from that. How did the church respond to those wow. numbers? Well, <clears throat> the church specifically, my seniors, responded really well because 
You uh, seniors, not in high school. No, when you say my seniors. seniors like, speaking from a youth pastor perspective, when you say my seniors, you're thinking about a 17, 18-year-old teenager. Correct. What do you mean when you say my seniors? Seniors meaning the most seasoned adults in the church. So I'm now a grandpa, and so I would put myself in that category. But uh, to see them get excited about sharing the gospel and seeing neighbors that are in their 90s accept Christ yeah. and then die 10 days later, I mean, it mobilized them. And they started to care enough to uh, be awkward for the gospel. Yeah. So you guys, you equip everyone to share the gospel. How do you, how do, you do that? Well, I have a good friend, Keith Seymour, on staff. Uh, he's the primary equipper. Uh, we both uh, go out of our way and we use life in six words. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have a smartphone, that's one of my first things that I get them to download, yep. no matter what their age is. I walk them through how easy it is to use it. And then uh, we provide uh, Saturdays, we'll do like a, a full day training uh, mm-hmm. every other month. And then we have uh, longer sessions during a week, a couple times a year. But uh, really, the the other thing that's cool is uh, our young adults own it. Mm. It's called Pie Pizza Intercessory Prayer and Evangelism. Wow! And so at least once a month, but they get and more. do you and do you have actual pie as well? <laughs> well, the pie could be pizza, yeah, okay. primarily. Oh, pizza. There you go. But they're going pizza out for pie. dinner and they yeah. spend some time, uh, concentrate time in prayer, and then they just hit the streets. Oh, that's awesome! And more and more people are tagging along with them that are not young adults. Yeah, various age groups. And they are. They're a little scared, but we're just like, hey, hang out and go for it. So McLean, when they say, let's go out for pie, you better be ready uh, for pizza, intercessory prayer, and evangelism. I love That's that. right. So Keith was telling me, because Keith's a mutual friend. He's a you know gospel-advancing leader uh, and great guy. Um, he was telling me about some, was it an all-night kind of prayer meeting, evangelism training, or something that was going on? Absolutely. Not too long ago. Just recently, yeah, it was placed on our uh, senior teaching pastor's heart, David Platt, to just have uh, an all-night... By, by the way, there's a l- little bit of a... Fr- I mean, my goodness, just casually, our senior teaching pastor, David Platt. I mean, it's David Platt, uh, who, when you look at the gospel advancing values, I mean, really, I mean, intercessory prayer, relational vengeance, kind of go down that list. That's stuff that, you know, is in his DNA. So he put on his heart to... To do something? Yeah, and so he, he got with all the pastors, and he just said, hey, I, I just feel like any... I think actually, it, if I backtrack, uh, he had recently gone to South Korea mm. and was really impacted by those brothers and sisters and their yeah. passion to pray. Yep. So he came back and said, I think we should do this. And we're like, we do too. And so we went for it. We started at 8 p.m. and we finished at 6 a.m. Wow. And it was awesome. There was our 45-minute blocks with 15-minute breaks. Yeah. During the night, but Keith and I were able to do an evangelism block where really just leading people to pray yeah. uh, for souls. Yeah. And so uh, it was well received. Now, you told me something. It was great because I use it. Um, we steal from each other on, on good. Borrow, right? Borrow, that's right. We're preachers. Um, but about intercessory prayer and the value of really praying for the lost, because when you pray for the lost, you see the lost. And you use the analogy of buying a car, um, that if you buy a car and think, oh, you know, I haven't really seen this much on the street, um, then all of a sudden you see that car, right? Right. And when you pray for the lost, you see the lost. You see the lost. Yeah. Yeah. I think specifically it was, I have a black Toyota truck. Yeah. And once I bought that, all of a sudden there's black Toyota trucks everywhere. And that's what, you know, praying for lost people, all these names, and then... Uh, whether you're in a restaurant or you're even on the airplane on the way here, you just 
you're overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and I think even from you, I, I've used this uh, recently. I was out in Nevada and just uh, seeing the lost out there, thinking about how your youth pastor had you sit in that crowd mm. and seeing labels on foreheads, you know, going to hell. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do about it? You know, are you going to care enough to, to share with them? So. Yeah, when you walk down, were you, in, were you in Las Vegas on the Strip? Yes. When you walk down that Strip and you just see everybody going from building to building, casino, casino, club to club, longing for hope and purpose and looking for fun but not finding joy. And uh, you just, man, the, the hell they're headed to and the hell they're going through, it just breaks your heart. Yeah. It does. Recently I just finished up reading Proverbs for January and it was just I was reading while I was there and just seeing you know just mm. a multitude of poor choices yeah you know it yeah. just was really magnified yeah Vegas there. is pretty much the opposite of Proverbs generally speaking except to all of our good solid churches in Vegas that are killing it yeah. shining that's like why a they're light there, in a right? dark place that's right so just as a as a former Navy SEAL as a current pastor former youth pastor what if you're if somebody's listening to this, they're thinking, man, the seven values, it's, it sounds good. I want to see people come to Christ. I want to see my youth group grow, my church grow. You know, you kind of came in like, man, you know, not ministry background, but a military background. How difficult was it to implement these values and how possible is it for our hearers to implement them? I think it's very possible. Uh, I've shared with Greg before, you know, that uh, what helped us in the military, specifically the SEAL teams, was doing the basics well. So we always refer to shoot, move, communicate. We felt like we did that better than anybody else, and that's what helped us succeed on target. Now explain, explain just for people that don't shoot, move, communicate. What? Okay. Sure. What, what would that mean for me as a new soldier? I'm in. You're, you're my drill sergeant. You're telling me shoot, move, and communicate. Explain that to me. Sure. Specifically in our environment, uh, knowing how to shoot better than anybody else. So it took a lot of time on the range, a lot of reps, a lot of ammo. Uh, so shooting all these various weapon systems. And then the moving, practicing in every terrain and every weather condition. So that's why we have our guys go through cold weather, you know, in the desert and jungle training, uh, the water, uh, you name it. So all these different environments, knowing how to move better than everybody else. And then communicate how uh, to let your brothers know uh, what you're going to be doing and what they're going to be doing. And so when you cross those over to the church, uh, if those are the basics in the military to mm -hmm. help you succeed on target, then the basics in the church to me that scream off uh, scriptures, Matthew 22, where Jesus summarized the law and the mm -hmm. prophets by saying, love God, love others. Mm -hmm. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, and then, of course, Acts 1-8, you know, starting in your backyard mm -hmm. and then proceeding to the world with the gospel. So that's our shoot, move, communicate. That's mine. Yeah. That's for sure. And it seems like it's scriptures too. My friend at uh, Sun Life, uh, Dan Spader, says that the motive of the Christian life is to love God and love others. And the mission of the Christian life is to make disciples. And uh, that's kind of our shoot, move, communicate. I love that. So kind of evangelism, uh, prayer, evangelism, disciple-making, and multiplying – those are our, our ways of the basics, getting the basics down. It's, it's, that's why we have st students practice. That's why you have seniors, both seniors in high school and senior citizens, practice the G-O-S-P-E-L to make sure they know the gospel, they can articulate it, right? Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, just like you 
shot a lot of rounds to get good at shooting. We had to do a lot of practicing to get good at evangelism and, and prayer and making sure we're doing that. Any other words of wisdom as you kind of put this into practice? I know it's still in process, but uh, any encouragement you would give to somebody when it comes to implementing these values? I think one, uh, remember not to try to do this on your own strength. I think sometimes I get ahead of myself and those are the times I feel the Holy Spirit reeling me in and yep. reminding me uh, that I uh, will accomplish a lot more if I seek His face and spend some yep. time on my knees, yep. uh, which goes back to talking to God about people before I talk to people about God. And so uh, as you as you go along, uh, evaluate You know, if you feel like you're getting tired. Uh, question how much time you're spending in solitude and silence with the Lord uh, as leaders. We certainly need to do that. I'm, I'm, uh, I can know I could do more, but I'm set aside the second Thursday of every month to just be alone, mm. uh, just to slow down so I can hear from the Lord because I'm guilty of getting way ahead of myself and trying to just do this on my own strength. And I've been taken to the woodshed, which for you young people uh, means uh, getting a whooping from the Lord. Uh, and so that's been helping me a lot, the solitude and silence and just time in prayer. And if we don't model it as leaders, uh, we certainly can't expect anyone else to. So that has been one of the most biggest blessings I've had yeah. uh, in ministry. And then that allows me to do the rest well. That's right. And, you know, communicate, shoot, move, communicate. I mean, we're going to communicate to our command. We're the, our, we're the only soldier in the history of military that commander dwells within us and longs to communicate, you know. And we can communicate to him and, and break away and, and really spend that time. So that's great. Well, Todd, I thank you for being uh, – this is literally the first Gospelize podcast interview I've ever done so thank you for awesome. being the first and I can't think of a better uh, person to interview who has got a great military background and a great ministry experience and one by one is determined to reach every person everywhere with the hope of Christ and play his role and and getting that done so thanks Todd thank you Greg all right <laughs>